Hi everyone. Welcome to Kind Conversations, the podcast. I'm going to be talking to people from all around the world, people sharing their amazing stories of kindness, and I want you to come along for the adventure. This podcast will be a kindness boost for your soul. Thank you so much for being here. Hi everyone. This week I'm talking to Christina from a new charity called Being Positioned. Christina was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder back in 2016. It's a story of love, travels, purpose and impact that won't fail to touch you and inspire you to go and grab life. Before I divulge any more, let's get on to the conversation. Welcome to this kind of conversations and I'm here with Christina from Being Positioned, a non-profit in the US. Welcome to Kind Conversations. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and it's a very new non-profit. So we're, yeah, I feel quite lucky to have you guys here <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> uh, should we start by telling everyone a little bit about your journey and kind of how you've come to be in this position now? Oh gosh, well, I have a, a big journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I can give the, the short version for sure. Um, so I was, four years ago almost exactly, I was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder called neurofibromatosis type 2. Um, so essentially what that means is that I have two benign brain tumors that are growing on my hearing imbalance nerve. So I've lost all my hearing in my left ear and um, probably by the age of 40, I'll be fully deaf in both ears. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have cataracts in my eyes, a few other problems that it causes, but I was, at the time of my diagnosis, literally right about to get married <laughs> and finished graduate school. I was going to be a therapist um, and then moving states from Texas to Florida. So it was a really pivotal time of life and wow. it was a very, very horrible thing to have thrown in your lap um, at such a, you know, what was supposed to be the best time of your life. Yeah. But... About a year after I was diagnosed, my husband came up with the crazy idea of us quitting our jobs and traveling the world. <laughs> so, As you do. Uh, yeah, and we actually, we went to London, so we went where you are. We loved or the UK. Um, we loved, loved, loved the UK. Um, but it was just an incredible, incredible time for us, and we just learned so much. And through that, we decided to launch a nonprofit, which is what you said we just did, Um, But it's called Being Positioned, and we're sending adults who are diagnosed with rare genetic disorders on all-expenses-paid journeys within the U.S. So not abroad yet, but hopefully eventually. Amazing. Oh, my goodness me. And your journey abroad, I know, um, obviously, you were were having treatment at the time, were you? And then you were told you could potentially have a break, a short break. Yeah. So I was on treatment. I was getting chemo for nine months literally right when we got married and we moved, I started almost right away. Um, And then I got to a point where my doctor said, okay, like, I think we need to give your body a break. I was, I think at the time I was 25. um, And so it was just, or maybe 24, Um, but it was just, you know, I'm young. And so it's really hard to be on a drug like that for so long too. And so they wanted to just give me a few months off. 
Um, little did they know we would take full advantage of the few months. But they actually said most patients only make it about six months off of treatment, and I made it 18. So I actually wow. was yeah, massively lucky in the amount of break that we got. So we're so grateful looking back. We think, oh my gosh, we're so glad we took full advantage. Um, and when you were away, did you did you manage to kind of switch off, if you like, and kind of just go and have fun? And you obviously weren't going to stop thinking about it, but were there periods of time where you could just have moments away? Was it that must have been very special? Yeah, absolutely. So we definitely the the way we had to do it, we couldn't just you know sell everything and move and and not look back. We did actually have to come back quite frequently because I did have. MRIs and hearing tests and just different appointments that we had to do. Um, but while we were on our trips, we did everything we could to just forget about all of it. Right. <laughs> I did blog and so there were certain aspects and there were things. I did have a few issues while we were traveling, but really and truly it was so minimal. And I mean, more times than not, we were not thinking about it. And yeah, we just got to be normal and to be the newlyweds that we were supposed to be a few years ago. <laughs> so and we got a good chance. But isn't it amazing as well that, you know, had you not, you know, had this genetic disorder, you would probably never have given up your job, the pair of you, and just gone traveling for that period of time and experienced all of those things. It's amazing, isn't it, that you've had that experience? <laughs> yeah, we would never. I think if you had asked any of our friends or family if we to pick anyone who would ever do something like that, we would be the absolute last ones you would probably have picked at the time. <laughs> so, and, and, but it's cool because now we're very much like, we look for adventure in everything that we do and we look for the fun in literally everything. So, so now we're the people you would pick for him, but at the Love time, that. Not at all. yeah. And so, do you think as well, has that, has that helped you in terms of kind of being pro quite brave going forward, setting up the nonprofit, just going for it, just kind of thinking, actually you've had all these experiences, all this, you know, and yeah, there must be an element of thinking, let's just go for it. Let's do something. Absolutely. I think for me, especially when you have any kind of health condition, you know, when you're healthy and nothing like that's ever happened to you, I think you mm. kind of go through life afraid, you know, maybe the bad thing might happen one day. Mm. If the bad thing happens to you, it's kind of freeing because you're like, all right, well, it already happened. I'm already, you know, I have this disorder. This is what my life looks like. And then deciding to do what we did and travel, we really saw the fruits of taking risks and saw the benefit of just going for, you know, be smart, don't be really reckless, Yes. Uh, but just not being so afraid to live a good and a live a big life. And so for us, with the nonprofit, it was, you know, I, I was giving up a career as a therapist. I knew with my health, that wasn't going to be a good fit. But beyond that, I didn't have a whole lot to lose by doing this other than my pride, I think was probably the biggest <laughs> thing that you're always risking. You know, no one wants to fail. You don't want people to watch. Um, and especially we're not, if we fail, it won't be very private because a lot of people have been watching what we're doing and, and following our travels. So, so there is a little risk in that, but I think um, just the benefit and the payoff is so much greater than the risk too. <laughs> and isn't that amazing? The fact that, you know, there is always that element for everyone, I think, that you're worried about the pride of kind of falling or failing and yet actually the benefits of throwing yourself out there and going for it they outweigh the possibility of you know doing something a bit silly don't they it's kind of sometimes you've just got to to go for it and it must have been so special for Cardin as well for you guys having just got married and have had this 
you know, traumatic time for for you both to have got away and spent that quality time together. Because for, for him, it must have been so unsettling as well, isn't it? You kind of forget, don't you, about the the partner, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. We we actually, we like to think kind of like we, we were able to find ourselves again. I think mm. um, that first year of marriage, we were so consumed with doctor's appointments and figuring out, I mean, I've always had great hearing. And so all of a sudden I'm half deaf, which is surprisingly obnoxious when you're a newlywed trying to learn how to live with your partner and then also dealing with not being able to hear each other. And it was very frustrating. And so for us, traveling was really just a chance to kind of rediscover what it's like to be married without the burden of this condition to an extent. Again, it it didn't go away, Um, but it did allow us a little bit of that room to just laugh and to have fun. And, and for him too, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it is, it's a lot of pressure on him when we're home in a lot of ways to, to kind of hold things together to an extent. And I think for both of us, it was just, it was freedom for sure. There was a lot of freedom. I think everyone, whether you have a health problem or not, <laughs> should travel more. Um, <laughs> you can do it as newlyweds or when you're younger in your marriage, especially do it. It's so, so good for your marriage if you can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, and I think for us too, one of the biggest things that when starting this, it was, okay, yeah, we do want to give people a break. We want to help them to just escape a little bit. But the biggest thing for us is we are very strangely grateful for my condition because we have had literally above and beyond so much better of a life than we had ever planned. It's hard. It's a very hard life. But I think because we have that gratitude for it and the good things that have come out of it, we can survive it so much better. And so for our recipients, that's a huge thing. We want to give them one thing that they can say, because I have this condition, I got to go on the trip of a lifetime, which a lot of them are coming from places where they have nothing about it that they can see. When you're very far in and you are just buried under depression or just the heaviness of life in this, have one little thing <laughs> pull you out can make that, a big that is such a huge huge gift and um so the the name being positioned mm-hmm. uh, how did that name come about where did the the being positioned come from yeah so being positioned not something you hear <laughs> very very often um so i actually probably you know, it was like a month or two or so after i moved to florida and i was at a point where when i first got to Florida. I was like, okay, I'm just going to take a break. I just finished grad school, literally planned a wedding all by myself, you know, as a thing and moved. And I thought, okay, like I really just need to take a break. But about a month later, I was like, all right, I'm bored. I need to do something. I need to get a job or something. But I didn't know where to start. And I was just feeling so frustrated and thought, what am I going to do with my life? Like, who's going to want to hire me? Any of this? And I remember driving to Walmart specifically and was in the car and the radio, I was listening to a Christian radio station, like a local one here. And this woman came on and she was just talking about when you're feeling so stuck and just everything in life is going wrong, that's when God's positioning you to do something greater. 
But that's the hardest part <laughs> when you're being positioned and it feels so, so hard and so dark, um, but knowing that that light is at the end. And so I think for me, I literally I remember going home, telling my husband about this phrase, being positioned, and we were Googling it, like we were trying to figure out, is this a thing? Like, does someone, is this, you know, what is this? Um, and it just stuck with me. And so I actually started a blog that week, and then I never wrote anything about it because I got hired literally like a week or two later by my neuro-oncologist during my first appointment, he hired me as a social worker for their really? clinic. Oh yeah, my it was I'm telling you, we've got, we've had some weird things happen. <laughs> uh, but good things, very good things. But I kept the domain. And so I kept it. I didn't touch it for a year. And then when we started traveling, I thought, oh, well, this would be a good time to finally do that blog. This way, you know, our family can follow us. And it just kind of stuck the, the phrase being positioned. And I think, you know, regardless of religious beliefs, whatever you're going through in life, like yeah. that concept of hope that whatever struggle you're going through is going to be used to help other people or, or putting you in a better track in life can get you through pretty much anything. <laughs> so, I said, all right, the nonprofit's going to be that too. We got to, we got to keep running with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because I think, you know, it is so true. I think any hardship you have in life, you know, it's, um, so a couple of years, it's, it's going to be two years ago this summer that, um, my best, I lost my best friend, um, to, uh, to cancer. And, you know, and again, it was, it was one of the hardest, obviously one of the hardest times, if not the hardest time, I've ever had to face in my life but equally I, I do tell people she gave me the biggest gift in that I recognized how fleeting life is and and again that's why I started Humankind Alien which is now the Kind Army um, because I felt that life is short isn't it and that actually you've if you've got an opportunity haven't you and you don't know how long it's going to be it's an opportunity to put yourself out there do something um, and live truly by your values isn't it I think that's that was one of the biggest things for me and I think it's lovely you talking about you know being positioned and the fact that such a situation can actually set you up for something greater and something that's going to bring your life so much richness and purpose and it's amazing it's so inspiring to watch you <laughs> thank you thank you Talking about the um, rare genetic disorders, because I was looking on your website and it said that there's 7,000 types. I never realized it was, it was to that extent. And on average, it takes a patient up to eight years to receive a correct diagnosis. Yeah. It's amazing. Isn't that crazy? I know. Eight years. Such a rare disorder. So there's 7,000 types, but within each type, I think mine... I've seen a few different statistics, but it's either one in like 25,000 or one in 45,000. <laughs> um, but either way, I, I mean, there's very few pool of us that have it. And so and in one area. So it's really hard. Doctors just don't know what to look for in these disorders because you can go, the doctor, the first doctor I saw in 30 years of being an ENT had never once seen a patient with my condition. And so he didn't know. And so he misdiagnosed me multiple times. And it took me actually only a month. Um, but that was because my stepbrother's a neurosurgeon. And so he got me into a doctor who finally ordered an MRI. But I know a lot of people who still now do not know what they have. And it, it's a very 
yeah, you go a long time. It's it's awful. <laughs> and it must be, it must be, it must feel very isolating as well. Even, even when you're diagnosed, is it quite isolating in the fact that it's so rare finding other people who are experiencing the same thing? That must be very difficult, actually. It's extremely isolating. I think, um, not that cancer is good by any means, but if you have cancer, no matter pretty much where anywhere you live, there is some kind of support group in person or something that you can mm. go to and connect with people. Yeah. Whether it's at a church, at the hospital, at the hospital I worked at, we had a cancer support community. There's always something. But with this, I mean, I've got brain tumors and yeah, they're benign, but they're just as deadly, just a little slower. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do not have any kind of in-person group that I can go and physically connect. And so online is really, without social media, I don't know what people would have done prior to this time because you could literally go your whole life and never even talk with somebody else who has a disorder like you. Wow. Um, so really, that shows the power of social media. And, and for know. me, that actually are traveling. Actually, we know someone in London who has NF2. Um, but we've, we've connected with people literally all over the world with it through that. So, so it's isolating, but there's a way to, um, you know, find others out there. So it's, and, it's, and it's funny, isn't it? Because, uh, social media does get a bad, bad rap, doesn't it? And I know there are no negative, you know, parts to social media and, but uh, that is a perfect example of how it is powerful. huge, yeah. huge bonus, isn't it? I mean, that's amazing. Goodness me. And so um, the people that you're going to be helping with your nonprofit, they are, are is it particular genetic disorders that they are occurring? Yeah. So our goal eventually is to open it to all rare genetic disorders within a certain level of severity. Um, Obviously, I do not know any information about all 7,000 types. (laughs) I know about a few. So right now, we're just starting with three disorders, and all three of them are pretty similar to mine. I won't say the names because they're really long and hard to spell, and no one will know what they are. Um, But you can look at our website if you want to find out. (laughs) Um, But they all involve tumors essentially growing on organs in your body or on nerves in your body. Um, But we, we have a list of a few that will, as we start growing, that will open it up to more. But... I mean, these disorders can literally do anything. They can steal your your senses. It's a big thing. I'll be deaf. I could lose my eyesight as well. Um, not from the cataracts. Tumors can actually grow on my optic nerve. You can get, um, you know, paralysis. I have a friend with a, a tumor in her spinal cord. Is and I mean, it's, I have one on my spine actually too. Um, but a lot of these disorders take your, you know, motor functions, everything. So it it really they can attack pretty much any and all parts of your body. And, and within each disorder too, it's so different. Every single person has a totally different story and the disorders just do 100% different things in each person. So it's a crazy, which is also why it's so hard to diagnose too. And I suppose it almost, you know, giving these people a break away, you, you kind of want to do it as soon as possible with people, don't you? And give them that opportunity to go away kind of at their best, I suppose, and able to enjoy it and, uh, and for the family to enjoy it. It's, uh, yeah, I suppose yeah, it's kind of making me realize the urgency for you guys to get the funds to be able to help these people and to give them the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, well, and a lot of it too, like for us, we knew I kind of have a time bomb going on. I mean, we know at some point this will get worse. And so for us to, to have had the opportunity we had, while I can still hear at least half of what's happening in the world, um, but still, you know, walk freely and not have my balance affected and just do all these things and appreciate it 
to the, the best that I can yes. where, you know, we will do journeys for people who do not, um, you know, who have been affected more, but absolutely the goal is to get them before, before it is too much for sure. And are you going traveling again anytime soon? You know, everyone keeps asking. We would love <laughs> to be able to go travel right now. I almost, when I found out, I'm, I'm on a little break from treatment right now. And when I found out, I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to go to Germany. I want to go to the Christmas market. That was like my number one. But I was so tired. <laughs> so oh, I said, yeah. we'll wait. Um, but we do. Our next big trip that we would like to do is to Peru. We wow. didn't get to do there. We also want to do um, Australia and New Zealand. But that one we're going to have to like really plan for for a while, I think. So I think Peru might be next. We're just not quite sure when. My, my next round of breaks, I think we'll do it probably. That's amazing. And so what type of trips are you going to be offering people? They're within the U.S., aren't they? Yes, within the U.S. So one of the things that we want to do, um, you know, it's hard. It does have to stay in the U.S. A lot of that is because we're small and we're new and we want to make sure that we're being smart and safe, Um, but also because it's a safety thing for them. These are patients. These are people who have really serious disorders. Mm. And so if there were to be an emergency or anything, it would just be a lot better if we're in the U.S. and can quickly get them the care they need. Um, but the goal is we're going to do five to seven day trips for them, depending on whatever you know their schedule and availability is. But we want to send them whatever their top destinations are. That's the goal. Within reason, if they're you know in a wheelchair, they probably won't necessarily be going to New York City um, because we do want it to be an experience where their disorder isn't thrown in their face the whole time either. We want them to to have fun, to do things a little out of their comfort zone, just like we did, and and find that adventure, you know, whether it's going to California and, I don't know, what do you do in California surfing? <laughs> All the things, what are the, yeah, you know, doing the things, though, that you wouldn't do in your everyday, and I think, um, you know, just letting them have fun, but we do want to make sure it's as much of a bucket list adventure that they can have without going abroad and, and finding those, like I said, just the opportunities to take a little risk or to do something out of your comfort zone and relax too, for sure. Um, And I was reading on your website about, um, say Andrea from South Africa. That was the first person that you've really, you kind of had, have had this experience with, isn't it? Tell us a little bit more about that. What happened with Andrea? Yeah, so this is actually another cool social media promotion <laughs> for that. Um, so I, as we said, it's a very isolating disorder. So when I was first diagnosed, I refused to go on any of the Facebook pages for my disorder for six months because it was just too depressing and I wanted to kind of be smart about it. Um, but literally the first day that I joined the Facebook page, I spent like an hour or two just straight looking at all of these comments and posts, and um, which is why it's kind of bad to do that. But (laughs) I was literally about to go to bed and I saw this one post from a mom that um, she's in South Africa and they were bringing their daughter to America for, to see a doctor because they have no options for her in their country. And they wanted to take her to Disney world. Well, at the time my husband was working for Disney. And so we had a lot of connections and free tickets. (laughs) So I, I just messaged her and I said, you know, this is a little bit, um, she was just wanting like, you know, hotel recommendations. And I said, there's a little more than that, but are you up for us helping you guys maybe get some discounts or doing something? And she said, absolutely. You know, whatever you can do, but they didn't realize we actually were, um, kind of pulling our resources, talking with friends. And we ended up giving them an entire, 
I think it was like a four or five day trip free for Disney World. And they had literally everything, hotel, food. They had VIP passes for pretty much anything you can, like unlimited, you know, fast passes to see. We saw every princess within an hour. Like we just walked it and walked it. We had an escort. It was the greatest thing. Uh, we got free ice cream. They would just come and they're like, oh, you want some ice cream? And they would, they left like surprises in her hotel. And it was just, I think it was almost more cool for my husband and I because we were getting to mooch off their perks for it. But it really, it was something we'd never done. And it was unbelievably like worthwhile for us because we said, you know what, if nothing else, this is such an incredible gift we were able to give someone and it never would have been possible without my disorder. And it just really and truly changed so much for us. And so we said, well, our very first trip for our traveling was to South Africa was to visit them. And mm -hmm. it was just, the whole thing was incredible. And they're an unbelievably amazing family too. And it's just been so cool to have people on the other side of the world that are, you know, oh, there for us and we're there for them. And it's, that's it's so lovely. How's Andrea doing now? Is she she's doing she's doing good. She is also, I think, on treatment a different kind. But again, the options are pretty limited um, with them living. That's the other thing with these disorders. Being, you know, born in, in Europe or in America, you're pretty good. Um, yes. But in other countries, but. A lot of countries in the world just don't know how to treat or do this. So she does travel to, I think, Europe and America for her doctorate now as well, actually. Right. So, yeah. So. It's, it turns into, it must turn into almost like a little family of, of kind of, you know, people that are going through similar things. You must feel so connected to those other people. It's, uh, it's kind of a special relationship, actually, isn't it? It is. I actually remember the first time I ever met somebody who had this disorder, and it was uh, at my doctor <laughs> that when I was working there. Um, but my doctor described it as two rare birds meeting for the first time. That it's just kind of this cool thing that, I mean, even you know, Cardin, my husband, he's in this fully with me, but he's not physically going through this, and no. so it's really hard even for him just to understand what it is like day to day. So to have other people and other families, so for him as well, to have, you know, spouses and people that he's connected with. But um, yeah, to just have other people that you know, I'm not in this alone, there are others. So going forward in terms of what we can do for you, is it kind of just spreading the word and letting everyone know about you guys? Um, obviously, it's more US-based, so um, we have quite a few Kind Army members within the US. So in particular, if a little word out to them, if they can spread the word. If there's, if there's anything we can do to help you guys going forward, I really, really want us to be there for you. So please, where can people find you on online? and? Yeah, so, um, well, first our website is beingpositioned.org. And then for our Instagram and Facebook, same thing, it's beingpositioned. Um, and then personally, mine's a little hard to spell, but it's Christina Minkameller for Instagram. And you can actually get both of those on our website, too. Um, I think on our About Us, you can just click the social media and follow it through that. This is my last little rep. That's um, cool. Yeah, spreading the word is very helpful for us, that's for sure. Awesome, I will. And um, and I'll, I'll put all of the links uh, to those on, on the show notes as well so that everyone can just Exactly. really easily and uh, and yeah please please I just want to say a massive 
massive, massive thank you for everything you're doing. It is so inspiring. And uh, I just think, yeah, you, you are living such a life of purpose uh, through everything that you've been through. And I just thank you for what you're bringing to the world because it's just amazing. Um, and yeah, if there's anything we can do going forward, please do stay in touch because I want this to be the start of something. Uh, so we're, we're here for you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I love that. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. I don't like using the word inspiring sometimes, but Christina is just such a shining example of how someone can take a difficult situation and seeing how it can be turned into something that will empower and improve other people's lives. Just amazing. Christina and Cardin, I just want to let you know that the Kind Army are behind you and will support you in any way we can. If you'd like to learn more about being positioned, I'll share all of the links to them in the show notes. Please do take a look. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. I know I say it every time, but you being here really does mean the world. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Until the next time, my friends, be kind to yourselves. <laughs>